As always, the Minding Your Business Podcast is brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network. The Binge at onabinge.com is where you can check out all the great podcast shows. Our flagship show, the Startup Life Podcast. Shout out to Dominic Lawson and Kinda Lawson, uh, the great dynamic duo couple there that has had the Startup Life Podcast and serves as our flagship and doing great things and off to a great trajectory looking at 2020, just blurting nothing but buckets let's be real the entire roster there at the binge podcast network if you're a podcaster or you're looking to begin your podcast look no further go to onabinge.com we would love to have your show uh, as part of our network and we can offer various benefits and support as you grow your show and uh, retain and grow your ownership in your particular show or shows so we'd love to be able to have you onabinge.com T-shirts are available for you. There's no business like buying your own. Get your customized T-shirt and support the Mind Your Business brand. Let the whole world know that you recognize and realize and have a great skill set in minding your own business. <laughs> so make sure you go to the website, themybpodcast.com backslash shop. So that's themybpodcast.com backslash S-H-O-P. You can order your T-shirt. Uh, sizes go from small to double XL, and you can do that uh, today for just $19.99 with free shipping. So that's $19.99 free shipping. Get your customized tee. Comes in seven different colors uh, that you'll see there on the site. So thank y'all so much for your support and everybody that has purchased a T-shirt so far. Hey, Valerie Smith, how you doing? Good afternoon to you. Listen, we're going to get started here with episode number 122. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, y'all. I'm your host, Champ Ron. This is the Body Your Business Podcast. Episode number 122, I'm here actually live uh, at a familiar place, which is the Hub Coffee House in East Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, for those that are outside the area, uh, it's inside High Point Church. It is a really nice coffee house, uh, probably about 10 times the size of your typical Starbucks. And so it's a great place to come network. Uh, for those that are watching on Facebook Live, you can see a little bit of what's going on behind me here at the coffee house. Um, Normally it's pretty packed. Of course, the holidays are going on, but uh, still a nice crowd in here. And people get great coffee, great uh, different Danishes, things like that. They've got a really nice conference room that you can get uh, for meetups and things like that. Very centrally located here in Memphis, so shout out to The Hub. Today's episode, number 122, is to be or not to be, but is that the only question? And so what I want to get into on today's episode as we round out 2019, this being the last episode of 2019, I want to round this uh, year out with the distinction between some of the various uh, opportunities that we all have in terms of our profile and uh, essentially um, how we want to uh, recognize ourselves, how we want to cash flow ourselves. Um, and what our state to be, what type of lifestyle do we want to have? And so there's really four quadrants. If you 
study business any kind of time, you know that there's roughly four quadrants in which a person can operate in. And you're not limited to either one at any one time, but there are typically these four. The first one being as a workforce employee, second being as an investor, third being self-employment, and fourth being as a business owner. And what I want to do is break down each one of these four for you and help you determine which is going to be best for you going into 2020. Because um, as I consult with people and I talk with people, talk with people in all four of those quadrants, um, there's a blending that's taking place. And I'm also going to speak on hybrid uh, entrepreneurship, which is actually kind of a fifth one. So that'll incorporate some, if not all, of the four within the quadrant. But, you know, as you talk with people, people... Um, have kind of a mixed bag because they're not really sure they they in the workforce and they feel they have to do that and in many cases that may be true um, they also want to be a business owner because they want to have what they believe is the flexibility and to be their own quote unquote boss and all this type of thing you have people that really desire to be an investor but they put the barriers up in their mind that they don't have the money they don't have the cash they don't have the credit and so they can't be an investor, so they shut that down. And then you get people that create their own job or they're self-employed. What's up, uh, Miss Nixon? How you doing? Whitney Jones, how you doing? And uh, Valerie, what's going on? John, how you doing? What's up, man? Montoya, what's up, girl? How you doing? And happy holidays to everybody and to your families uh, as you join in here on the Mind Your Business podcast. What's up, John? Let's see. You know, shout out my people that's on Spreaker.com. Um, but that's what we're going to do today. We're going to get into those four quadrants, business owner, investor, self-employment, and workforce employee. And we're going to break those down, and then I'm going to roll those into hybrid entrepreneurship, which is something that I have a lot of um, experience in, and many of you do too, and I'll it, define what that is. So quickly, uh, because NYB community, I know that you all are very well versed in a lot of what I'm going to say, but I'm going to give it to you from my perspective. So um, as a workforce employee, that's obviously the most common. That's where um, the majority of the world um, places themselves or find themselves, which is um, employed by a organization or a company or a business or a firm. Um, not much explanation needs to go into that. Most of you all are very familiar that with employment, you are trading your time in for money. Okay, so you have time and skill and desire to work. Someone else has created a platform for which that work is needed. There's a demand for your labor. All right, so when those things meet, you have the workforce. Okay, so a company hires an employee to do specific task or tasks in exchange for the time and expertise. That company pays either a salary or an hourly wage, typically in America. And so most people work, uh, in some cases, a finite number of hours. Sometimes it's flexible, depending on, again, uh, what the opportunity is. In ex also, in exchange for your labor, they provide a salary and some other benefits, usually health, um, uh, dental, 401k, uh, uh, EAP, all those different benefits that they roll into, and the company 
is able to do that because they're cash flowing from creating systems. So as an employee, you're brought on to help create a system or to automate a process, to create an efficiency within a process. And that's definitely big here in America over the last, say, 35 years. It's been the automation of things and the fear that that automation replaces people. So the benefit of being a workforce employee is, um, in a lot of cases, some will debate this, but the stability of having consistent income. So as long as you don't violate something within the employee handbook and you are present and you're doing a at least the average or minimal amount of your job requirement, you will be compensated. Okay? So as a workforce employee, you will be compensated based on meeting those minimum requirements for the most part. And typically you're compensated once a month or uh, twice a month or however your compensation works, every other week or on certain days of, of the month. And so... There are many companies, obviously, all over the world that people work for, and um, you know, well over 95 to 98, maybe even 99 percent of the world finds themselves as a workforce employee to some extent. You contrast that with self-employment. So, self-employment means you have created your own job. You see this with a lot with salespeople, sales reps, sales executives. Um, maybe you've opened your own store. Maybe you've done something that. You're no longer in the workforce. You're not working for a company exchanging your time for their salary and benefit. You're creating your own job to where your salary and benefit comes from the labor of your hands directly. There's no real systems put in place, per se. There's really not a lot of automation, certainly in the beginning. So what you've done is you've created your own job. So you have a little more flexibility in your time, right, than you did when you were a workforce employee. What's up, Montoya? Um, So you have a little bit more flexibility because you're not bound by reporting to a manager or a supervisor or an executive. So there's nobody that's saying you have to be here at this time. You can go to lunch at this time. And you can um, leave for the day around this time. You don't have that with self-employment. It requires a different level of discipline because you have to create those boundaries for yourself, whatever they are. The the challenge or the opportunity with self-employment is because you don't have those systems in place like you do when you're a workforce employee, NYB, what happens is your ability to generate commerce or whatever your business is designed to do. For most people, their business is designed to create a lifestyle for them, which is around what they do, what they enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis and the money that it generates for them to service their lifestyle. That changes when you become self-employed because you don't have those systems in place. So... That generation of that commerce is tied typically to yourself. So you have to work and do something to generate the revenue. If you don't do anything, you don't make anything. So self-employed people typically, if you get hit by a bus and you're out for two weeks, 
or you go down to the beach without your access, you know, maybe you don't have access to Wi-Fi and internet, things like that. So without access to your business, you don't generate anything. Because you're the one that's talking to the customers, you're the one that's prospecting, you're the one that's marketing, you're doing everything, right? You're the one that's covering any legal opportunity. You're the whole gambit of what you're doing. So you created your own job, and from that creation, again, you get the flexibility, but you also miss on um, there's no systems in place to help automate. So when you're away from the business, the business stops. So your business has a finite kind of life cycle. It works as long as you are. When you're away, and, and you're away from the systems and things like that that you have in the workforce employment scenario, um, you become self-employed. And there's benefits to that, and I'll talk more about the benefits in a second. As an investor, an investor is someone that takes their resources Whatever that resource is, and most people think of money when they think of resource. Hey, Buford, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining on. Y'all share this uh, in your networks as well. Uh, Hit the share button down there and uh, share this with your friends and family as we're going through and recording this podcast episode. But thank you so much, Buford, for jumping on, man. Um, So as an investor, you're taking a resource and you're investing in some process, right? Some automation, some system. And you expect a reasonable return based on the level of that investment and the level of risk that you take in that investment. So as an example, what an investor does is they may invest in a business. So you have a business that, say it's a coffee shop like where I am right now. An investor is going to want to know how much money will it take to have it run What's the return on that investment that I give you? And are there any threats to what we're doing? You know, the whole gamut, the whole analysis and due diligence that has to be done when you're an investor. But you earn money based on that investment or you're in commerce, whatever it is that you're looking to earn from your investment. And it's not always money. It's not always money. So that's something to keep in mind as you're progressing through the quadrant is investing is not always money and it's not always about you having your money or your credit to do it. There's many ways that you can invest without those two things and that's just something that's been beat over particularly here in America, you know, our heads for so long is that to be an investor you've got to have all this access capital or access to these lines of credit and all that. That's not necessarily the case and not true. But you do have to be strategic. So you have people that generate money by investing money. Right? And then last you have the business owner. Alright? The business owner is someone that owns, has created and owns a process. They own systems. These are the people that typically hire. So when you're the workforce employee, you're working for the business owner at some level. So the business owner has created an automated system such that when he or she is away from the business, the business still operates. It still does what it was set to do. It still generates. Customers are still dealt with and uh, interacted with, hopefully properly. Documentation still flows. Buy, sell, trade still happen. Uh, Point of sale still takes place. 
So you've created those systems and the automation. The systems are with people and the automation is with technology. And so we're merging those two things together and you create a business process and you become a business owner. Um, that's where you get the opportunity to own more of your time. So the person that owns the most amount of their time is going to be the business owner. Because, why? Because they've got the processes in place that they're working on the business. They're not working in it. And you've heard that term used a lot in business, but it's true. Uh, you get to a point where you're working on the business. So whatever you're doing, you decide that you are going to uh, set a certain schedule for the day, and then that's your time. So as a business owner, you may decide, hey, listen, today's Tuesday. I'm going to go with my spouse and go do this, or I'm going to go with the kids, or I'm going to do whatever I want to do, or I'm going to do nothing at all. You have that right as a owner. You don't necessarily have that as a, a workforce employee. As a workforce employee, if you get sick, you have to call in to the workhouse to tell them that you're sick, and then... If you've got time available that allows you to be off with pay, then you use that. If not, then that's a day that you're not compensated for. And then you've got to provide, depending on how many days you're out, you've got to provide some type of proof as to why you were out. So there's a little bit more of a stress level when you're a workforce employee because oftentimes people are worried about you know, being excluded from something, uh, you know, maybe you know, not getting information or being privy to information while you're out, having to keep a boss or a manager in the loop as to what's going on with you. All these things come into play as a workforce employee that you don't necessarily have as a business owner, you don't have necessarily as a self-employed individual, and then you may not have as an investor. Now, the trick to this is you, you can be more than one, and that's where you get into the hybrid. You can be, and you see a lot of people do this, where you talk about the gig economy and side hustles. You have people that are workforce employee and self-employed. Um, you typically don't have workforce employee and business owner. Those usually tend to kind of, now you tend to be one or the other. But you could be workforce employee and self-employed, meaning that you have a job, and you report to a workhouse, but then you also have a um, self-employed, maybe you've got your own um, dealings that you have outside of the workforce that allows you to um, generate another lane or another stream of income. So you can also be a workforce employee and an investor, meaning that you have a job, you're reporting to the workhouse, but then you also... Um, you take resources to invest in certain systems or certain processes, whether it's you're buying real estate, whether you're buying land, whether you're um, investing in other businesses, you may invest in events. You know, there's different things that you can invest in. What up, Chris Eagleston? What up, brother? Happy holidays to you and your family, man. Thank you for joining on, brother. Um, so, yeah, so that makes up your, your quadrant of where most people operate, all right? Oh, where basically everybody operates, and then most people operate as workforce employee. That workforce employee um, goes all the way up to the CEO level. So the CEO of a company is a workforce employee, 
a CEO reports to a board of directors, particularly the president of the board of directors. So he or she can be hired and fired based on a myriad of things, including but not limited to performance of the company and performance in their role and their ability to inspire culture within the company. That's typically what the CEO does. So the CEO is an employee. Okay, they're a workforce employee. Now they can also be an investor. They could also um, be self-employed. And from a CEO, someone at that level could also potentially be a business owner, but they're more likely an investor in a business. All right. So as now you, you've kind of gone through, um, let me share with you kind of my thing, because I've been in all four buckets. I've certainly been a workforce employee. Uh, NYB, you know that, um, was a banker for over 17 years, uh, mostly here in the Memphis area. So I understand the workforce piece. I'm currently self-employed, so I've got a hybrid because I'm an affiliate with the company, so I've got a hybrid within my self-employment that provides some, some of the backings that you get as a workforce employee without being a full-fledged workforce employee, if that makes sense. So uh, these are people then where you're contracted maybe with a larger company um, that can provide some of that background support, almost like as a franchise, where... If you've got a Subway franchise, you are self-employed, and you have a, a business, so you're either self-employed if you're having to work and make sandwiches for the business to take place in that Subway, then you're self-employed. If you've got employees, and you've got ovens, and you've got things that are automating that process from the time a customer walks in the Subway till they walk out, then you are a business owner. So... Um, you have kind of a hybrid situation as a franchise because Subway Corporate or whoever that company is will back and support a lot of your marketing, a lot of your initiatives and things like that that you don't get as a standalone business owner. So when you have a Subway, you're going to do it their way for the most part. They're gonna, you, know, you have to use their signage, you have to use their marketing materials, things like that. But you get the benefit of that backing as well as being a business owner. So I refer to that as a hybrid. Kelvin, what's going on, man? Brother Wright, what's up, man? Thank you for jumping in, my brother. Great frat right there, jumping in, man. Um, happy holidays to all of you and to your families, man. Definitely appreciate uh, you jumping in. So there's the hybrid piece, and you know, so I've been workforce employee, I've been business owner. I told you all about Entre Memphis on several different episodes of this podcast, um, which was the second black-owned co-working facility on this planet, which I'm excited to say. And Chris Eagleston knows this, so I've got receipts. It was the second-owned in the entire world. Black-owned. As far as black-owned, black-led, not black-managed. Now, not just black-managed, black-owned. Okay. So, I've been business owner, okay? I've been investor. Just today, shout out to my guy, Torian. I just sold um, a lot of land that I had here in Memphis on the north side of town. Um, did a great deal with my guy, Torian, and his business partner. So, I appreciate that. Brother Kelvin, what's going on, Fred? How you doing, man? Um, so, 
today I served as an investor. I bought the land at an extremely reasonable price. Um, I bought the land under $100. Okay? I sold it for much more than $100. Okay? So I served as an investor. I took a resource that has value of land, that's an asset, and I converted that into cash through a cash sale and a transfer of the ownership to another entity. That's me serving as investor. Okay? And so then you got business owner, you got investor, you got workforce employee, and you got self-employed. And I've been all four. And in some cases, I, in most cases, I meet actually a hybrid of any of the four at any given time. So now the question I'll ask you, uh, MYB community, for you to think about as you go into 2020 and maybe you're weighing on those, maybe you're in one of these buckets, maybe you're a business owner, you're not sure about going forward, maybe you're a workforce employee, maybe you're whatever you are, maybe you're self-employed, maybe you're an investor. Which one is best for you and your family and with what you want to accomplish? So that may be your question as you go into 2020 is you're trying to determine which one's best for you. All right. So I'm here to help you out. That's why you're listening to this podcast. And you've been doing so all year, which I greatly appreciate. Um, so let's break this down. Um, I gave you the kind of the details from my perspective on all four within the quadrant, right? The one that's best for you, one of the things that you've got to take a look at and you sit down with your family and, and your loved ones or maybe it's just yourself, however it is, you have to sit down and look at um, how do you want to manage your time? What do you want to do with your time? That's the first thing. Before you get into bills, before you get into debts and all this, all the other stuff that stresses you out and makes you concerned, before you get into the sexiness of one thing versus the other based on people's posts and memes and all that type of stuff, search within yourself and ask yourself the question, what do I want to do with my time every day? That's it. What do I want to do with my time every day? That's the first question. Once you ask, answer that for yourself. I can't answer that for you. you got to answer it for yourself. Once you do that, then it's, what are my skills? You know, what do I enjoy doing? What is my skill set? What is my background? Not just what, where I've worked, not just the titles that I have or I've had, not just my degree or what my area of study was in high school and college and, or my MBA. But what are my skill sets? What do I enjoy doing? You know, look at the Strength Finder books and things like that to help you determine what's your best skill set and skill sets. And then where do you want to drive those, which takes me to the next thing, which is once you answer yourself the question of what you want to do with your time and you determine your skill sets, then you want to determine what those things combined gives you what your lifestyle is going to be. So... Your, your time and your skill set is going to equal what you want your lifestyle to be. Curtis, what's up, brother? So your, your lifestyle is, which within those four quadrants do you want to operate in? Or maybe as a hybrid. So if you're not much of a risk taker, okay, MYB, if you loathe um, the idea of taking a loss or putting a dollar on something and not getting a dollar back, if you are more comfortable with a set schedule and things like that, then workforce employees will be your best bet. 
It's going to give you the, the um, security. Now, if you work in a right-to-work state where you're not unionized and things like that, you don't have that covering. So essentially in a right-to-work state, you can terminate your employer. Your, ter- your employer can then in turn terminate you um, for basically any cause as long as it's not a legality. All right? So you don't have quite the protection like you did back in the day where you had big unions and things like that, but um, it still offers a little more protection than uh, the other three quadrants. You also have the opportunity for benefits and things like that, so if you've got a family, if you're someone that's got young children and things like that, the workforce may be the best bet. And if you find something, again, that meets your time and your skill sets, you could really enjoy it, and you can still take an entrepreneurship mindset even into the workforce. So even if you have the bug or the desire to be a business owner, you can still have that mindset on the workforce by investing in your training, by asking questions, by understanding holistically how the business works, understanding the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You understand? So you can do all that and at the workforce level. So in my opinion, the workforce level is best if you desire that set schedule and you want to be able to grow in a career and have that level of stability because uh, it's the most stable of within the four quadrants. It doesn't offer the upside as the other three, but it allows you to have a steady, kind of smooth kind of thing as long as you're doing your job and you're performing on the job. Okay, Self-employment is great for those that want a little bit of your time back and you don't mind putting the sweat equity into building your own um, job function. All right. So typically, say as a consultant, right? Um, if you're consulting on schools, for example, or you're consulting on um, construction people, typically it's yourself. You might have someone else working with you, that sort of thing. But typically, if you're doing your sole consulting practice, the only consulting that takes place is when you do it. All right. So you can set your schedule on when you do it. However, if it doesn't get done, you, you more than likely are not getting compensated because there, nothing's happening if you're not doing it. All right? So that is great for people that want a little bit more flexibility to their time and they can ride the roller coaster a little bit more in terms of your compensation because you're responsible for everything. And because of that, you've got to be involved in everything, which can slow the process down sometimes because you don't have anything automated and you don't have um, usually a ton of resources to um, utilize systems, right? So it all has to be done by you, but that's great for people um, that want that flexibility to get from your schedule. As an investor, that is great if you have some level of strategic thinking and sub-level of resource. Resource could be money, it could be time, it could be equity, it could be knowledge. Like I said earlier, it's not always about money when it comes to investing. And it's not always about, do I have to have the perfect credit score? Um, there's a lot of things that invest because there's a lot of things that have um, value. You know, whether it's marketable securities, whether it's land, whether it's property, 
again, whether it's uh, your own knowledge mindset of something that's specific and uh, proprietary to your knowledge, but that's what you have. Cardi, how you doing? Thank you so much for jumping on. Make sure you check out uh, Cardi if you're there on uh, Facebook. Connect with her. Uh, she's building her bookkeeping business. Just as a side note, let's take a quick break. Um, she's building her bookkeeping business. And so for those that are looking at bookkeeping, if you're on Facebook Live, um, make sure that you uh, get in touch with uh, Cardi uh, here that uh, just jumped in and is watching. So, Cardi, thank you so much uh, for jumping in. And um, Cardi, who goes by Annie, uh, she can definitely get you squared away with your bookkeeping needs for your business, which is actually a great segue to the business segment. So I talked about investors, so as a business owner, so thanks for the segue opportunity, Cardi. <laughs> um, so as a bit, the benefit as a business owner is, um, for the most part, complete autonomy to your time. Okay, because you created systems and processes, you've automated things as a business owner. Um, but a business owner has the risk because you're responsible for the performance of that automation and those systems and those people. So because you utilize that, you're at the mercy of some ebbs and flows and maybe some seasonality with business that can affect your lifestyle. Now, on the opposite end, you don't have the restraints that, say, the workforce employee has. Because think about it, at, at the workplace, if you make $60,000 a year, that's your base salary. Now, as a workforce employee, the only way to increase your salary beyond $60,000 is to either work more hours, if you're hourly, or get a promotion. You have to go from one job function to another to increase that $60,000. As a business owner, if you have a business that's generating $60,000 in revenue, you can increase that revenue by doing a whole slew of different tasks and, and executable strategies. You can obviously you can sell more. That's the, the first thing. You can cut expenses, right? You can do a combination of the two. You can add more process or more automation. You can add another line of business. So there's a whole runway that you can do if you say if you're going into 2020 and let's just say you're income this year was a hundred thousand and you say next year I want to make a hundred and fifty thousand then you could go do that with your uh, employment if you're if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and you say I want to make a hundred and fifty um, you're gonna be hard-pressed to do that at your current job now you're gonna to have to leave and go to a complete different job function or you gotta leave and go to, to a complete different employer to do that or you gotta work a hell of a lot of overtime and most people that are making 100000 a year are not hourly, so they're on salary, so they're not getting the benefit of additional hours and things like that. So that's my breakdown of the quadrant of how it could work for you. You also have you know, NYB, the hybrid, which I talked about earlier, and this is a benefit for those that want to kind of hedge a little bit. So maybe you're a workforce employee. Um, but you also want to have your self-employment. Maybe you drive an Uber. Maybe you do uh, DoorDash. Maybe you have your own catering company on the side. Maybe you have your consulting practice. Maybe you're bookkeeping. Maybe you're doing events. Whatever it is, you have your workforce and you have your self-employment. 
and combined, that can create a nice livelihood for you, give you a nice balance. Uh, you can also be self-employed and an investor. You can be a workforce employee and an investor. You can be a business owner and an investor. All right. You could possibly even be business owner and self-employed, depending on how you set that up, if that's something that you want to do. Um, where maybe you own a business, but then you also do, uh, you have a delivery truck and you do deliveries um, outside of your business in some other function. Or maybe you're in affiliate marketing or something like that. So understand that there's a hybrid piece to this uh, NYB that you could be a part of. And um, that could create a lot of opportunities for you when you're not really sure about which one that you want to be. Brother Ellis, what's going on, man? How you doing? Thank you for joining. So I hope this is making sense to you, NYB, because um, this is something that comes up pretty big with a lot of you. And so before you get into the minutia of how you set up structuring and things like that, you want to make sure that you're comfortable with what you're doing. So if you're looking to make the changeover, right, if you're looking to change over from, you know, one to the other, one quadrant to the other, um, again, go back to the questions. Um, what do you want to do with your time? Because your time's the most valuable asset that any of us have. So what do you want to do with your time? All right. What are your skill sets? Right? And then what's, from those two, what's the lifestyle that you want to have? Okay? And what? And then four, what risk are you willing to take? If you're not a big risk taker, then you're more on the self-employment, workforce employee side. If you're a little bit more into taking some risk, then you're going to be more on the business owner, investor side. Okay? So as you're going into 2020, and you're, you do all your vision boards and... You write all down, you, you make, you know, after you get done doing all that and having an event out of it, the clock starts. And now you got to start doing what you wrote down and what you said. Um, one of the things I recommend in, in any area is you need to have mentorship and you need to have a, a slash accountability partner. Someone needs to be um, available for you to bounce things off of, sure but then also hold you accountable that if you said you're going to go do something or take care of something, they're going to ask you about it. Because you're more likely to, to get things done and do things when you have to account for it for somebody. That's why people love the workforce employment, right? Because if you're given a project at the workhouse, there's someone that's going to follow up with you to ask you the questions, is this being done, is that being done, or is it on track, is it done, is it not done, why or why not? So there's an accountability partner, which is generally going to be, if anybody, your supervisor or your manager. <laughs> right? Hey, Francesca, how you doing? Miss King in the house. Happy holidays to you and your family. Um, so, yeah. So, think about this um, as you look at and you answer those questions and you're going into 2020 and you've written all these things down. Look at what's going to be your step. What, you know, what do you want that lifestyle to be? And then go for that. If you want to be an entrepreneur, understand why. Okay? And then once you understand why and you've answered those questions, then start light. I'm, I'm a big proponent of not taking a ton of risk. And I'm a big proponent of beta testing. 
and that's an old school kind of term in business, but it still holds true, at least in my opinion. Um, if you're going to sell t-shirts, before you go all out and buy a t-shirt printing machine and all this type of thing, get a few t-shirts printed, you know, and then go test the market. Ask your potential customer. Because people don't really do this, especially when they're starting kind of sole owner businesses, is they don't talk to their potential customer. So take the, the person, take the DNA of the person that you want to do business with. What does that person do? How do they spend their money? How do they view the world? Where do they spend their time? What do they value? And you're only going to get that by observing them and talking to them. So in my example, if you're going to get into the t-shirt business, for example, you need to talk, you need to get some t-shirts printed, not a thousand of them. Get you 10, 15, 20 t-shirts printed, different sizes, and then go out, bring them with you, and talk to people who um, you would do business with, who would buy your t-shirts, right? And ask them, what do they think about the material? What do they think about the price? What do they think, what do they like to have printed on their t-shirts? What colors do they like? What sizes? How do they like for it to fit? They like for it to fit more snug? They like for it a looser type fit? Again, a certain type of material? Whatever it is. And then take that information and formulate either your self-employment or your business. If you're going to invest, so you're going to invest in a t-shirt business, right, as an example, um, you want to make sure you understand those things. Understand how they're being made. What's the, the spread between the price? How much does each shirt cost me? If it costs me $5 to make a shirt and I sell it for $20, i have got the $15 spread. What does that mean? What all has to eat out of that spread? And if I give you a dollar, how much do I want back? Do I need $2 back? Do I need $3 back? Do I need $1.25 back? So that's all the process that you're looking at. Um, what I recommend for many people is the hybrid. If, if you're working um, a job now, you're in the workforce. Again, evaluate those questions and look at how you can maybe start something up, maybe as a self-employment. Um, one of the things that uh, I'm into, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, is land investing uh, with Legacy Living Real Estate Partners. I started out doing a lot of property stuff. But after we had Mark uh, Podolsky, uh, the land geek, who was on several episodes ago, shout out to him. I'm actually going to be on his podcast here soon, um, coming up in 2020. I'm going to be a guest on his podcast. I'm looking forward to that. But after interacting and collaborating with him and you know, doing some different things, I, I've come to realize that um, I really enjoy land. I really do. It's a, it's a sexy uh, asset for me. Whereas for most people, it's not. Most people, it's not a sexy asset, but for me, it is. So 2020 is going to be a year of the land. I'm going to be the land man uh, next year. And so find what that passion is. Find what you got skill set in, what you've got background. That's what's going to keep you going. Corunda, what's up, Soror? How you doing? Happy holidays to you. The great Soror joining on with me. But so those are the things within the quadrants that I hope you found benefit uh, with this NYB community and I hope that as you go into 2020 that you get a better understanding of um, where you want to be how it, what it means to you what it means to your family what are your short and long range goals and again what do you want to do with your time for me I'm looking for I'm going to be 39 next month I'm getting to the point where 
I want to begin getting more of my time back. I want to create more systems and automations to get more of my time back because I want to do other things. I want to pursue other passions. And I don't want to always be working um, in my business all the time where everything revolt, revolt, you know, uh, reveals and I'm trying to think of my best words my English is jacked up. Um, everything revolves around me. Right? So if I don't do it, it don't get done. Or if I don't make the call or if I don't send the email or if I don't click the button, it don't happen. And so starting this year, um, new year, new decade, I'm going to be doing that. And I encourage you to do that. Look at your time. That's what you really want back, MYB. It's one thing to make a ton of money. It's one thing to you know, eliminate your debt. Those are all great. But they all should be going towards your goal of getting more of your time back. Because you know, a workforce employee is great, but you, what you don't want to do is you don't want to give all your time away or a large majority of your time away uh, because time is so finite. So look at some point at how you're going to buy or retain your time back. And so as you work between these quadrants, have that in your mind as you go forward. All right? So listen, thank y'all so much for joining here on the podcast. Again, I'm here live at the Hub Coffee House uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee, inside High Point Church. Um, this is the last episode of 2019. So let me personally extend a, a sincere thank you to all of you that are on Spreaker, all of you that are on Facebook Live, all of you that are on Instagram, all of you that are on Twitter, all of you that are around in my travels who have told me, people who have stopped me and said that they listen to this podcast, that they they stream this podcast. I thank you so much. Again, we're crossing over two and a half years of doing this. I've got more big things coming uh, into 2020 that I'm excited about. And I'm glad to have you all along for the ride. So, Thank you so much for, again, all your support. Continue to like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it uh, with uh, your family, with your friends, within your network. Encourage them to leave a five-star positive review comment on Apple. That helps the show be able to continue to move forward and continue to grow. Um, Send me uh, your comments, good, bad, or ugly. Ron at themybpodcast.com. That's Ron at dmybpodcast.com. Send me uh, your good, bad, and ugly comments. Um, send me guest requests. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, I'd love to have you to share your business, to share your story, to share your event, whatever that is. Let me know. Uh, we can easily get that streamlined on for you. So, again, thank you so much, Champ Ron, Reminding Your Business Podcast. Happy New Year to all of you. Our best wishes to you and your family for a healthy and prosperous 2020. I'll see you all on the other side. Hit me up, themybpodcast.com. Ron at themybpodcast.com. Don't forget your shirts, themybpodcast.com backslash shop. We're powered by the Binge Podcast Network. Shout out to 2019. 2020 is going to be big. Remember on the last episode, I said, is it the year of accountability? It just may be. Champ Ron, the Mind Your Business Podcast. Go back, 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 back.